0: Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Dial 678-ESOG now for a solution to your foundation and waterproofing problems. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. Say it ain't so, Bear. Say it ain't so. Ah. Uh... We got some not so great news yesterday. We're going to try to cover it here over the course of the next few minutes. Five star defensive tackle Bear Alexander announcing his decommitment from the University of Georgia. Let's see if we can kind of like go through the timeline and all of this, and then that'll kind of set us up for what we need to say after that, which is kind of what happens now. First of all, It seemed like it was just all going so well, right? I mean, uh, Jeff Sintel had been on the show talking about Bear Alexander a lot over the course of the last few months. Alexander takes his visit to UGA here this weekend. After the visit is done, you clearly couldn't have a recruit, especially one on the top shelf of talent the way that Alexander is. You couldn't have a guy like that saying things about george the way that alexander said and you know most georgia fans would have kind of come away from that thing and oh this this sounds really good i don't I don't play this to mock alexander and his choice i i share this with you because we need proper context for everything that has gone on here but fresh off the visit to uga alexander was raving about the dogs and really envisioning himself at as being a student on this campus member of this team in the very very near future this is alexander with jeff Centel from over the weekend
1: what sticks with you about that trip? That I know that i would be there in five months. I mean, it was a great trip being around family and knowing that this place is a place that's going to be home very soon. It got me knowing that this is going to be the place I'm going to go to. And it kind of just like, it put everything over the edge. Like, I already knew it was a good place and they just kind of made it feel even more homey. It gave me more home vibes.
0: I mean you really couldn't have written a script better for a recruit to say of, Hey, this place gave me great as he says home vibes. I like that phrase, and I know I'm gonna be here five months from right now. In fact, he went into even more detail than that about kind of what his conversation was behind the scene with Georgia coaches after that uh that, that visit that he just took. A little more from Bear Alexander with our Jeff Centel.
1: Do you already feel like a bulldog? I do. And then me and Coach Landon, like, we met before I left. He was just like, he was like you've been loyal than most stink. Like, yeah, I feel like a dog already. But, like, I was just telling Coach Smart, hey, red, black, and white run through my veins.
0: So, once again, he's got he says the red, black, and he says the white running through my veins. The coach is saying that you've been more loyal than some people might realize. And everything sounds really good there. And then... If I had a record scratch sound effect, this would be the moment when that happens, because after all of that, yesterday, Alexander on social media shared a very different message. I'll show you this on the screen, read for you a couple of sentences. Many of you have kind of already seen that. He says, I'm blessed and appreciative of the opportunities that Georgia offered me to be a part of the Bulldog family, Uh, but the landscape has changed tremendously since I last visited with schools, and though still one of my top choices, I'm decommitting from Georgia and reopening my uh, recruiting, he said. Wow, what an about face from Alexander after having been at Georgia, raved at Georgia, seemingly validating the UGA commitment that he that he had made. And then all of a sudden changing his mind. And as many of you know, because we talked about this on yesterday's show, the kind of intervening moment in between the tweet you just saw and the comments that Alexander gave upon having visited Georgia was a trip to College Station, Texas, in his home state of Texas to visit the Texas A&M Aggies. After all of that was said to Jeff Sintel, and I guess you kind of put all this together, there was that visit to Texas A&M that caused Alexander from the Aggies perspective to see the light or from the Georgia perspective to i guess rethink his relationship with georgia yesterday jeff Sintel, our dog nation recruiting insider was good enough to spend a few minutes on video sharing his thoughts about what all of this meant and here was the way that he described the way that alexander now views his recruitment after now being a guy on the open market again officially after decommitting from georgia this is jeff Centel. Uh,
1: i think we what we should learn right now is that Like all of these guys are really basically hitting the reset button on their recruitment. I still think there's good reason for, for big bear Alexander to come back to Georgia, but I think he's just going to do this search and discovery process all over again. It was almost like his recruiting process, which led him to commit to Georgia and stay loyal to Georgia until June was kind of like the preseason or the exhibition part of his recruiting. And now when things are really going to start to matter, when he goes on these visits, He's going to find out where exactly he wants to be and needs to be and feels led to be.
0: So, listen, here's the thing. Uh, And I know this kind of landed with some people in kind of a, you know, odd way. They're irritated by this, that the guy would say one thing and then his actions would do something else. And there's been a little criticism of all of this. I've got to make my point on the Alexander situation really, really clear. I mean, this is a guy that I have desperately wanted to be in Georgia's 2022 class. I'm a Georgia fan. I got a Georgia shirt on. You know, we do this show from the perspective of a fan. And I would say that as a fan, Alexander is a as a player that i very much wanted to be in georgia's 2022 class and i've told you all before and i've said this unfortunately for months and it wasn't my attempt to be uh, intent to be like a wet blanket or something along those lines but i obviously viewed this as a really challenging recruiting not because of any kind of modern wrinkle that makes this more difficult than previous recruitments this is actually kind of an old school story it's one thing to go into arizona and get Keely Ringo. There's no obvious home court advantage for Ringo Services, a five star defensive back. It's another thing to go into Nevada and get Darnell Washington. There's no home court advantage for a big football power when you do that. Georgia's recruited nationally plenty and gotten plenty of five stars out of that. But it's very different to go into a state like Texas that has big established programs. Even if the state of Texas football has been down a little bit uh, over the course of the last few years, these are still big brands within the Lone Star State. This is just a more challenging recruitment. Than some of the national battles that Georgia has kind of waged in the past, and that's why I've been—I don't want to say skeptical of Alexander's commitment, but but knowing—and I said this to Jeff Sintel on Friday. Many of you remember me saying this—that this was just a recruitment that George was going to have to kind of roll up its sleeves and and, and sort of go to the you know wall for wall pillared and post and battle if he wanted to win alexander's recruitment when it's all said and done so unfortunately this kind of feels like something we've been talking about here for a while but ultimately while i am disappointed that alexander is now back on the open market i can't really be mad about this either at alexander or at Georgia. let me start with the georgia part of this and i'll tell you why there are moments from time to time when your national recruitment could cost you somebody else that you could have maybe had an easier recruiting battle with. I'll give you a for instance on this. And who knows how, how true this is, but it certainly seems like a couple of cycles ago when George was paying so much attention to a running back like Zach Evans, that really hurt their chances of winning with a recruit and a running back like Tank Bigsby, who ended up going to Auburn. It seems like he didn't really quite feel as much love as he wanted to from Georgia. And so therefore, he ends up at Auburn. Georgia kind of put its love towards Evans, who, as it turns out, may not have been able to who really even knows what but that seems to be an example of ooh, maybe that national recruitment cost you with somebody else in this case though when it comes to pursuing Alexander it certainly doesn't seem like there's an obvious negative to Georgia having spent so much time with Alexander first of all Alexander is a very unique player following the footsteps of Jordan Davis there aren't a lot of really athletic nose guard interior style defensive tackles Georgia's pursuit of bear alexander has made sense up until uh, up until now it's going to continue beyond the decommitment from yesterday that kind of makes sense too because this is a pretty rare prospect and when you look at georgia's uh, you know relationship with other defensive linemen it doesn't seem like that's waned very much i mean you know you've all, all the big names we talk about all the time they still seem to be either having just taken georgia visits uh, in some cases of uh, their other visits taking place for other big names here i can't think of a defensive line recruit right now who George's relationship has been injured with because it has spent so much time with Bear Alexander Alexander is a recruit that's worth the time and it doesn't seem to have hurt George with anything with any other player so essentially no harm no foul when it comes to that also on the Alexander side I'm not going to be, as Terrence Edwards has said on our show before, the old man sitting on the porch and mad at Alexander that somehow he's not honoring his commitment to UGA. Because to me, there's a degree to that which is unfair. And listen, I've told y'all before that if I was like king of college football or the czar over the sport, I wouldn't have Wild West transfer portal. And I'm not quite so sure I'd be quite as in love with name, image, likeness stuff the way that you know some of the media seem to be right now. I would be very much a traditionalist when it comes to stuff like that, even though it somewhat restricts the freedoms of the players who play the game. But as a flip side of that coin, the one place where I do want to see players exercise the full measure of their freedom is while they're making their college choice. I do think they ought to be deliberate about that process. And I do think they ought to use everything as to their advantage to make sure they're making the best choice that's available for them. The 2021 guys who just signed didn't have the benefit of visits to be able to take. And who knows how good their decisions are ultimately going to be viewed to be based on the fact they didn't have that at their disposal. In the case of Bayer, if he wants to take visits as an uncommitted prospect, frankly, I don't necessarily think that's such a bad idea. I bet you probably do get a better visit experience when someone believes that you really are on the open market and they have a chance to win your services, whether it's the in-state pull of Texas A&M or some other visit that Alexander might take. I'm actually not that mad at what I assume his reasoning to be for wanting to be a decommitted player here and kind of a player that's at least you know, figuratively you know, thought to be back on the open market again. I mean, listen, I'm disappointed that he's decommitted from Georgia because I really want him to be here. But this is the process that he's going through. Frankly, I think he may be taking a more wide eyed and more mature approach to his recruitment than some other guys do who kind of jump pretty quick with maybe not knowing the full measure of what it is that they're jumping into. And the third reason why, while I am disappointed that Alexander is no longer a member of Georgia 2022 class, I can't quite be all that mad about it. It's because I am still very much of the belief of something that Jeff Sintel mentioned a moment ago, that Georgia, I believe, will remain a key factor in Alexander's recruitment. Will it be easy to get that signature? Of course it won't. But the fact that Alexander is decommitted, I actually don't think makes it any more difficult for George than it was already gonna be because, let's face it, commit, decommit, silent commit, all these phrases that we use, these are all unofficial designations anyway. This was always gonna be a recruiting battle that was going to go until the very final moment and you know we're in kind of NBA playoff time right now. You've heard it said before that a playoff series doesn't begin until somebody wins a game on the opposing, you know, basically like until the the road a team wins a game on somebody else's floor. Or you've heard it said about the Masters that the event itself doesn't begin until the back nine on Sunday. That's kind of what Jeff Santel said a moment ago there. That all the stuff with Alexander up until now has just kind of been the preseason nature of his recruitment, and the real recruiting may still not have really started. This may be still more of a fall thing. Heading towards the winter before you're ultimately kind of all said and done with this. But as Jeff Sintel said, this is still maybe a battle that George can win. By the way, it's not only Jeff Sintel who's saying that. Denyla Morset, UGA wide receiver commit a, a, a player that a lot of Georgia fans have really grown to enjoy and like. Well, if you liked him before, you'll like him even more now because of what he put on social media over the course of the last 24 hours. And I take this somewhat seriously. I won't count this as a prophecy, something that's guaranteed to come true, but I do take it seriously. as something that can't happen. Let me show you Denyla Morset on the screen here. He says, don't worry about that loss. We're about to get it back. So more Morissette seems to be pretty confident related to all of that, and who am I to argue with an Alan Morissette when it comes to that? So here's the summary of all of this. I still very much view Georgia to be a player for Bear Alexander. Do I view Tex a m to be a player for Alexander Services? Yes, I do. The decommitment commitment doesn't make that so. That was already true before all of this. This is a battle. It's going to go down to the wire. Recruiting is not for the faint of heart. If you get your feelings hurt easily, this is not the thing for you because, you know, in the SEC, teams throw elbows and there's aggressive tactics and everything else. But if you want to be at the best, you have to recruit the best and you have to tolerate everything that goes along with that. This is another example of that. Fun story to follow. We will continue to do that here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by ESOG. And as I said, this is uh, Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans presented by engineered solutions of georgia great to have you with us no matter how you get to us today live on video 10 a.m facebook youtube twitter twitch we are normally on the radio at noon on athens sports radio 960 the ref a little bit of a radio hiatus for us but we are looking forward to being back on the radio that's going to happen in a few days time and i'll explain why uh coming up soon we actually have uh some pre-recorded vacation shows are going to happen next week and these are going to be great shows i'm going to tell you more about that at the time so i think the target is for us to be back on 960 The ref after vacation, which I'm really, really looking forward to. So we'll talk more about that at the time. Of course, podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, worldfamousdognation.com, SoundCloud, just so many different ways to listen to the show. Uh, really appreciate you doing that. And a huge thanks to our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia for making it all possible when it comes to foundation waterproofing issues. These are significant things that homeowners think a lot about. Well, no matter how much you may have thought about this when it comes to your own home, I can promise you this, the folks at ESOG have thought about it even more for not just your home, but homes all across the metro Atlanta area and the state of Georgia. This is the thing they have dedicated their life to a working end. They've hired smart people to help you figure it all out. Two full-time engineers on staff. I can heartily recommend them because I know how much expertise goes into the work that they do. Plus, it's also just kind of fun to do business with them. Uh, Many of you are so gracious to support the sponsors who support this show and our buddies at uh, Engineered Solutions of Georgia have been with us for a long time. They're also proud partners of UGA there as well. Jay uh, Eastland, the uh, one of the founding partners there from Engineered Solutions of Georgia, has explained to us before why they love making sure they get their service in front of as many Georgia fans as possible because they know that Georgia folks are good to do business with, and uh, you've certainly proven that to them over and over again. So, if you're needing to kind of get some waterproofing stuff figured out, you see some water creeping in or you notice some cracks in your walls. Go ahead and get that taken care of. Give them a call. Very easy number to remember. It's six, seven, eight ESOG. Now that's six, seven, eight ESOG. Now that'll get you in touch with engineered solutions of Georgia. All right. We're going to do uh Connor Riley here in a couple of minutes. Connor, I'm sure has got a lot to say about the bear Alexander situation, uh, from yesterday. And I'll be curious to see how much of what Connor says mirrors what I just said, that this is always going to be a tough recruitment. This is still a battle that Georgia can win, but right now you do have to take, you know, Texas A&M pretty seriously as a recruiting power not just for the couple of head-to-head names we've kind of mentioned here before but you know they're you know you know A&M right now is recruiting better than most of the teams in the SEC not better than Georgia not better than Alabama but better than most of the rest fairly consistently now for the last couple of cycles that's been kind of true so we'll do a lot of that here coming up in just a little bit, though, before in just a little bit. Before that, though, let's go around the doghouse. And I kind of want to follow up the discussion about Alexander with kind of an obvious question that comes next. Well, what about another Georgia commit that was also seen at Texas A&M here this weekend? Dion Smoke Bowie, who happens to be from Bainbridge, Georgia. That's the hometown of Kirby Smart. But it's also, as many of you are aware, the hometown of Nick Williams, the former Georgia staffer, which recently in kind of a high profile way was hired away by Texas A&M. Big Bucks seemingly spent to move Williams from Athens to College Station and with Alexander visiting Texas A&M then decommitting from Georgia there has been some wonder of what does this put Bowie's relationship with UGA or maybe better said the opposite uga's relationship with Bowie is this threatened called into question after what bear alexander did when jeff Sintel showed up yesterday on the dog nation video channels he also tried to shed some light on some of that this is jeff on smoke Bowie here
1: so Deion was there with big bear alexander um prior now listen prior to that visit he said he's still locked in with georgia uh and he said he was going to take the visit and go check it out largely out of respect to nick williams who's uh out of Bainbridge, Georgia, uh, the same hometown where he's grown up and was basically his primary recruiter at Georgia, Uh, Dayon Bowie. uh, Also is going to probably visit Alabama. He's going to take a lot of his visits. But as of now, uh, he still remains very locked in with Georgia.
0: And obviously the phrase that jumps out is the as of now because we are in an age in which – this particular moment in the recruiting cycle after these guys have not had a chance to take visits in some cases there are a lot of 2022s who have not really had very much opportunity to take much in the way of visits at all because not only have they not been able to take visits until just now june ahead of their senior year but they didn't take visits a year ago either so a lot of these guys are experiencing something that that in large measure they've never really experienced before and when you take these visits and you hear all these things you're going to hear all kinds of stuff that makes you you know, kind of reconsider your your process and where things stand. And listen, for the guys you hope to hold on to in this 2022 class, there could be a couple of harrowing moments related to all of this. But like the one thing I feel the need to remind you is, this is what recruiting was like prior to the pandemic. This is the way it always has been. There has always been this thing of you get the early five-star, you hold on to him, and you sort of have to fight everybody off every step of the way after that. And obviously, you know, given the fact that Bowie's a Georgian, he's from Kirby Smart's hometown, does you know that give George a leg up here? It very well might. But this is the way this has kind of always been. Last year was the weird year where you had – you know, uh, all kinds of pandemic stuff going on and maybe the impact of the recruiting class felt a little bit different. But this is just sort of recruiting the way it's always been. The other thing that has come up here, and I've seen a lot of these comments both to me on Twitter and Jeff Sintel's video yesterday. Well, is all of this? The fact that Booby was in College Station, the fact that Alexander was there, too, and ultimately decommitted from Georgia Does this mean that Georgia should have worked a little harder to try to keep Nick Williams on staff as opposed to letting Williams go and be a college station? And this is where I'm forced to do nothing but speculate. While Williams is certainly a valuable recruiting asset, he was to Georgia, and he may be now for Texas A&M, and he could have been a factor, certainly was a factor in why Alexander and Mbui and just took the Texas A&M visit and could have been, you know, because we know that his relationship with Alexander is pretty strong, could have been a factor in uh, what led to Alexander's decommitment from Georgia. The fact of the matter is, I'm guessing that Nick Williams sees himself more as kind of a hired gun mercenary for you know, these SEC staffs, my guess is that he wants to be an on-field coach here pretty soon. And if you've been at Georgia and you look at the situation in Georgia right now, there are no on-field coaching spots available. And you're thinking about your own professional development. It's not just money to go be a recruiting, you know, uh, you know, guy for Texas A&M. It's about also kind of moving around and developing those network connections that allow you your chance to become an on-field coach. So, you know, it could be that, that this was more than just Williams taking a payday to go to Texas A&M. He could see this as maybe a more clear path to eventually being an on-field coach somewhere in the SEC. I think you've at least got to consider all of that, but there's no doubt that that his name The former Georgia staffer, now a Texas A&M, will be mentioned a lot in relationship to these recruitments and kind of wherever else all this goes from there. So we will let all of that play out. That is around the doghouse. Very quickly here before I say hello to Connor Riley, we do a Kroger Fresh Take with him let me also thanks say thanks to our friends at merriweather and tharp being a big part of what we do here your source for georgia divorce you can find them online the com. free resources all kinds of ways for you to educate yourself about the divorce process to find out if that's the appropriate next step for you you can get that online from our friends at merriweather and tharp the atlanta divorce Team.com. get that free initial consultation with them and then after that you can put them to work for you to help make the next phase of your life better more enjoyable than the current phase might be the atlanta DivorceTeam.com. More details on that there with our friends at Meriwether and Tharp. All right, there is other big recruiting news around the SEC. We will touch on that before we're done on the show today. But for now, everything related to Bear Alexander and related to whatever may be going on with the rest of these big visitors this weekend and guys visiting elsewhere. Let's do a Kroger Fresh take with Connor Riley right now here on Dog Nation Daily. and across the sec or wherever the recruiting trail may lead here's a DogNation.com insider so a big day yesterday for news unfortunately not the good kind and listen sometimes sometimes it's going to be the, the, the other kind uh and we have to cover that there as well so connor kroger fresh take with you i'll bring you in on this as i said I'm not that mad about this. I don't think the decommitment changes much about what I already thought was going to be a really contested recruitment. This, to me, is as challenging a recruiting battle as Georgia has tried to win under Kirby Smart for a number of reasons. Doesn't mean they can't win it. I would say that Georgia still has a pretty good chance to win it because the stuff that Alexander said in the clips I just played, they still meant something, even though they didn't quite mean what they, you know, in plain text would seem to mean, you know, obviously just ahead of what turned out to be a decommitment. Uh but this to me is is Alexander deliberate about his process. I don't mind him doing that. Georgia going hardcore for a recruitment that's hard to win there doesn't seem to be like much downside for georgia doing that i'm disappointed but i'm not angry about this
2: i think your reaction is very similar to the iconic alonzo morning gif where you're sitting there smoldering yeah. smoldering <laughs> smoldering and they're like eh. well he, he either georgia can end up winning him back or he can go to brandon's second favorite team texas a&m Stop. and Don't continue to help them do as that. they uh try to again make ba look better and smarter as we all know him to be
0: yeah don't do that I, I i can't do that i mean listen these recruiting battles are dramatic because they're worth it bear alexander is an incredible valuable commodity um when you look at what jordan davis has done for georgia it is no small thing to say oh alexander could be the next in line of the jordan davis type player at georgia that's a recruiting battle that you roll up your sleeves and you get involved with. Most schools in the country couldn't even be a part of this. So the fact that Georgia is going to have to fight longer to try to you know, earn this from Alexander, I mean, this is, this is just kind of what it is.
2: I think the thing that really draws my attention with this Bear Alexander situation and the Day on Bowie one as well, something you touched on a little bit there briefly, but I want to explore more, is why was... Why did Nick Williams leave? Because I, I think at the end of the day, wherever Williams ends up, and I would not be surprised in the slightest if he gets hired in an on-field coaching role as soon as this next coming hiring cycle, he clearly has significant sway with recruits, and we knew that even beforehand. That's why we wrote about why this was a significant loss for the Georgia program. And You need players like Bear Alexander and Dion Bowie on your team to win national titles, and if Texas A&M is able to go out and hire that when you already have that guy in-house – I'm very curious as to what set of circumstances allow that to happen with Williams.
0: And I said this before, this is total speculation on my part, but it's speculation that I'm willing to make, that Williams could have been motivated to leave for reasons that had nothing to do with money, because Georgia could easily match the money, and they don't necessarily mean that he was dissatisfied at Georgia. Listen... We have a lot of young people who listen to our show. You're kind of entering the job market, or you're fresh and new in the job market. Your professional contacts, your networking opportunities, are everything for you as you try to move up the professional ladder. And if you've been at Georgia for a few years, there's kind of a log jam of assistant coaches there. He's even moved position groups while at Georgia to try to, I think, you know, learn a little bit more about what's going on there, working with defensive line most recently. You know, you're doing everything you can to kind of move up the coaching ladder, but these Georgia assistant coaching jobs just don't come open very, very frequently. So he could have been motivated to just go try somewhere else to see if he can meet some new people and see if kind of reshuffling his own professional deck kind of creates a better opportunity for him to find you know, an on-field coaching job. That's my speculation. I have nothing to base that on other than kind of knowing how life works and assuming this situation might not be too dissimilar to other young people in other walks of their own professional lives.
2: So... Where I push back on that a little bit, though, is, I mean, we both expect Dan Lanning to not be around Georgia for much longer. It was a very real fact that he was going to potentially be the defensive coordinator at Texas as early as this season. And and so, you know, there was, I think – and, again, this again this is, as you say, all speculation. I think there was maybe a path forward for Williams. But then you look at Georgia maybe going out and adding a guy like uh, Will Muschamp. I yeah. believe Muschamp's brother is also an assistant on uh, Georgia's support staff there. And so you just wonder – Is maybe losing Nick Williams the sort of tax, so to speak, that comes with bringing in an analyst like Will Muschamp?
0: Yeah, I think that's a very fair question, and I I I think it's interesting the way that you said that because – for as much as we'll talk about Williams a lot in the manner of, of these recruitments, and, and we'll see how much more of the Bowie thing even becomes a factor, but assuming that it, do, it does, we'll talk about Williams in that story there as well because he's also from Bainbridge. But as much as Williams is going to become a famous name in this recruitment, he's not even the most famous defensive analyst at, at Georgia, which is kind of a pretty tough spot to be because let's say that Lanning had become t- uh, Kansas head coach. Well, I mean, it's not even obvious that Glenn Schumann, who would seem to be next in line for defensive coordinator, it's not even obvious he would have gotten that job had Muschamp wanted it. And so the way in which you kind of move up the ladder professionally Georgia at Georgia is just really, really hard. And all this is assuming and all this is speculation. But but if, if you're Williams and you say, I'm not mad at Georgia, I just need to go try my hand somewhere else, I mean, I kind of understand where that's coming from, and maybe there wasn't a reasonable amount of money that could have convinced him not to do that.
2: Yeah, and I, again, I think you do a great job of laying out the ideals of why Williams would want to try his hand elsewhere. And there is some similarities there with Kirby and, Fit and Jimbo. They do have a working relationship. There's also another uh, former Georgia staffer, Marshall Malchow who uh, is a higher up there at Texas A&M. James Coley is there as well. So there was some familiarity there at Texas A&M. And, you know, you brought up how well Texas A&M is recruiting – they're still only about running fourth or fifth in the SEC every season under Jimbo Fisher. So they clearly, I think, need to get better at recruiting, which is why I think they made a very targeted choice in bringing in a guy like Williams who, as we saw this weekend, is already paying dividends with two of the top prospects in this 2022 recruiting cycle.
0: Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I think all of that's pretty interesting. I mean, and they have, you know, last couple of cycles been consistently, what, six, seven, something along those lines. They've been, in that, like, yeah, like six to eight range. Yeah, which, I mean... I mean, there are a lot of SEC teams that, that kind of used to be there. They would kind of love to get mm. back there again. So, you know, from that standpoint, I'd say they're doing pretty well. I mean, more just specifically, though, what would you say about the Alexander situation? If you want to, you know, do the Bowie situation there as well. But specifically in the Alexander situation, you know, this to me always felt like a challenge, but still a challenge that Georgia could emerge victorious in. Specifically when it comes to that, what would you say about it?
2: On um, What, is June 8th? Yeah. I don't think he ends up in Georgia's class. I, I think this is just one of those things where Texas A&M was always going to be in it, and they are always going to make this difficult, and the set of circumstances, visits opening back up, him being allowed to go back and see that, him making his commitment without really seeing Georgia firsthand, I, I think all that, Williams as well, is going to conspire to him ultimately, I think, signing with Texas A&M. Did
0: you think that before he decommitted?
2: I felt – out of like a six out of ten I thought there was still a really good chance that he was going to end up at Texas A&M yeah
0: yeah I mean and and folks heard me say this on Friday I mean this has always been a recruiting battle it was going to be really hard for Georgia I don't know that a ton has changed for me related to the decommitment I just think I still think it's going to be a a hard thing and um if you want great classes you got to do hard things and this is the kind of thing that that Georgia should do but beyond that we'll talk about something different here in a moment Unlike some other recruiting battles before where spending a bunch of time with one guy might have cost with somebody else, I don't really see an obvious defensive lineman who is likely to have gotten his feelings hurt by Georgia spending as much time with Alexander as they have. I mean, Mikhail Williams is on campus this weekend. Travis Shaw has been quoted recently saying that he's got a plan to visit Georgia here coming up pretty soon. I'm assuming that even though Walter Nolan said what he said over the weekend, you know, he may still do that as well. Like, I'm having a hard time finding a defensive lineman that has seemed to disregard Georgia because of the time that it's spent with Bear Alexander.
2: Yeah, and I think a big part of that is because Georgia was planning on taking a ton of defensive linemen in this class anyway. Jeff Santel says as many as five guys could be in this class. So Georgia was already casting a wide net in that in, in that situation, looking for a variety of bodies. You know, they already have Tyree West committed, though he was out visiting, I believe, Auburn this weekend. And you have Michael Williams. Christian Miller is a name to know. I believe he was he's said to be a Georgia this week. Walter yeah. Nolan. After being at Ohio State this past yeah. weekend. Yeah, Walter Nolan, though, if you think this uh, Bear Alexander commitment is going to have a lot of twists and turns, Nolan is going to have even more than that and then obviously Travis Shaw a big one to watch out of North Carolina as well so Georgia's defensive line recruiting is still I think in a very good spot overall especially with some of these top prospects
0: uh so beyond that a lot of guys coming in as you said a lot of guys going other places there as well it's kind of funny to see you know Tyree West I think has visited multiple schools you had you know Oscar Delp and Coach Twee at Alabama before coming to Georgia and probably other places there even as clemson. well yeah clemson um you know what did you make of the comings and goings of the weekend and the you know really the last few days in general
2: yeah the visits are tough right now in terms of just trying to keep track because everyone is going everywhere because they haven't really especially these 2022 kids haven't really been able to see anywhere yet mm-hmm. but uh, the one thing i pay a lot of attention to and gave it and wrote about it on monday if georgia is going to continue to be the offense that we think it's going to be in 2021 it needs to land the official visitors that were in town this weekend. Kojo Antwee, which is going to be another heated Texas A&M recruitment battle with Georgia right there. Oscar Delp, which is a national recruitment, even though Georgia I think does have a little bit of an edge with him being from West Forsyth High School there and coming Georgia. And then Branson Robinson, was visiting from Mississippi. And I would throw in Addison Nichols as well on the offensive line there because Georgia's not going to appeal to a whole lot of top-ranked offensive linemen, so when it does have the attention yeah. of a – You know, I think he's the number 103 player in the class. And Nichols, you have to really win those recruiting battles, especially in the offensive line in this cycle. Georgia has to land those guys because for the 2021 class, I don't think Georgia did a great job in terms of bringing in skill talent. You've already seen Lavoisier Carroll, the one running back commit, move to the defensive side of the ball. Adane Mitchell, yes, he did play well in the spring game, but we can go, we can rattle off names that have played well in spring games before without really turning into a whole lot of production there. So Georgia, I think, needs to hit on their skill player targets in this class. And I think they had – Probably, in my opinion, their top certainly their top tight end target. Right now, their top running back target and either their first or second wide receiver target in Antwee visiting this weekend.
0: And I have to say that for me right now, the Antwee visit is kind of the dog that isn't barking because and you could also make a case that um, – raving about your visit may not mean quite as much yeah. after what Barry Alexander just did, but you've got Oscar Delp saying all the things that he said and and Branson Robinson, who's certainly been full throated in his, you know, praise of Georgia both leading into his visit and post visit. You know, it seems like it's a little quiet on the Antwi front right now. He just doesn't seem to be this is, you know, speculation on my part. He doesn't seem to be as guided by emotion during his process. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem to have the obvious affection for georgia that some of these other guys you know seem to have doesn't mean that georgia won't win that recruitment he's clearly close with a couple of uga commits but I would say that his scenario is a little bit more difficult to discern, ascertain in comparison to some of these other recruits that we just mentioned who are a lot more open about their love for UGA.
2: If Georgia wins the Entouy commitment, that's when you uh, probably celebrate a little bit more. Celebrate oh, yeah, a little sure. bit harder. Not that you wouldn't celebrate Adele, or Robinson. I'm sure we'll come on when those guys, I think, do eventually make their decision. I do think both those guys are going to end up at Georgia. Uh and we will be a little special celebration just because again, wide receiver, while well, yes, Georgia did well in the twenty nineteen class with Dominic Blayhock and George Pickens, and then the five wide receivers they signed in the 2020 class. Georgia still needs to, I think, prove it with these wide receivers. And so if they're able to do enough to land a guy like Antwi, a top 100 wide receiver, a sort of national prospect, I think that goes a long way for Georgia and what they're trying to build.
0: Antwi also just kind of seems to fit into an archetype of the Atlanta area high school product. And, you know, Lambert's right there in Swanee, kind of at the Forsyth-Gwinnett border. You know, this Atlanta area high school prospect that just doesn't seem to have that, like, mm-hmm. deep seated love for Georgia the way that a guy, like, from, say, like, Peach County. It's like you yeah. go farther away from Athens, you yeah. got guys who were more, like, you know, Georgia in their blood. Some of these Atlanta area guys just sometimes don't seem to have that because they're all kind of from somewhere else or whatever else. Like, Antwee just sort of feels like the kind of guy we've talked about in the past and sometimes the kind of guy that Georgia hasn't won with.
2: Yeah, past. I think it's well known. Atlanta is a, a transient city. You know, myself, my, my parents moved down from New Jersey right before I was was born. So it, it, it- it, it makes recruiting the Atlanta area difficult, and sometimes that can be frustrating when people talk about how Georgia recruits its its own state. Recruiting the Metro Atlanta area is like its own independent city state. Like it, it is not this slam yeah. dunk thing. And Antwi, for example, he's got a brother that lives in, I believe, the Houston area. That's right. So it's not necessarily this clear cut. Oh, he's from Georgia. He should end up going to play for the Bulldogs, like you see in states like Louisiana and Ohio. It is not that clear cut, and I think this Antwi uh, recruitment is just going to be another example of that.
0: Yeah, maybe so. Um, All right, so it's our Kroger Fresh Date with Connor Riley here. And by the way, speaking of Kroger, they got a big, big push right now. Several positions available. So if you're looking for a job, Kroger, I can promise you, is a great place to work because it offers more than a paycheck. It offers a total rewards package, things like tuition reimbursement, associate discounts, also partner perks, so much more. They really do great things to take care of their employees. In fact, you can find that out yourself. Do me a favor, go to jobs.kroger.com. That's the website, jobs.kroger.com. Or stop by and see your local Kroger store today and you can find out exactly what I'm talking about there as Kroger looks to stock the next generation of terrific Kroger employees. And my, oh my, they've had some great ones taking care of us over the last year and a half and really for even longer than that. All right. So the other big news that's out there is the Brandon Turnage situation. Uh, former Alabama defensive back transfers to Georgia there are rumblings reports rumors whatever else that he's leaving Georgia turnage himself on Twitter shoots some of that down says stop it with the rumors now we're kind of left to know where all this stands obviously in the intervening time Georgia's offered a defensive back out of Tulsa um just sort of big picture what does all this mean to you connor
2: i think it's i think it's telling in terms of how turnage viewed himself whereas how some people viewed his addition because i think turnage he came to georgia thinking there was going to be a chance he was going to start and play right away because he was not given that opportunity to do that at alabama did not play a whole lot in his first two years there and there were people out there saying and parroting that this is going to be a guy that's going to come in and push for the starting cornerback position I never saw it that way. I saw him as a replacement for Major Burns entering the transfer portal and going elsewhere. So then you add Darian Kendrick, a guy who has a clear-cut experience edge and is a much more known quantity than what Turnage is, and you can understand why Turnage might now be having second thoughts about coming to a place like Georgia where, similar to Alabama, he saw himself get recruited over and passed over – uh, because of younger players or the the school bringing in other players at certain positions and so to see that happen to him again literally I think weeks after he he, he announces he's coming to Georgia you understand where these second thoughts come from and then you know I, I don't find it a coincidence that you know after these rumblings sort of come out and then Turnage says whoa 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 let's let's pump the brakes on this they send a, an offer out to a Tulsa defensive back at Caleb Evans who had already announced his top five and so it, it's and I wrote about it this morning, Georgia's secondary is not done. They are. They are this is a far from a finished product, and I know there were some in the national media saying, oh, well, Georgia's clearly shored up their biggest weakness. I, I think the additions of Darian, Kendrick, Tyke, Smith, and you can, as of right now, still include Brendan Turnage in that, they raised the ceiling of what this defensive back group can be. But in that first game against Clemson, which is a massive game for Georgia's season this year, the defensive back group still has the lowest floor of any position group, in my opinion, on this Georgia team. Could be. Just because – communication is such a big thing back there and we saw last year against Florida if you're not if you don't have five guys playing together sort of on a string it's a real challenge to defend elite passing attacks, and I still think Clemson is going to have that. So the Turnage thing, it's certainly something to watch. I think it's one of those situations where he saw himself as one way and Georgia saw him as another, and that seemed to have a conflict of ideals there. And
0: listen, I have great respect for the players who are going through all of this. As I said before, when it comes to Bear Alexander, I support his right to be delivered by his process, make sure he's making the best decision. In the case of Turnage, and listen, I'd support, as a fan, I'd love for Brandon Turnage. And cooler heads prevail, and Turnage end up on this roster because I think he's a good prospect. But as a player, you've got a responsibility to consider something else other than the best-case scenario when you make a transfer move like this. If you're not starting in Alabama, the idea that it's going to be easy for you to slide over to Georgia, a roster that's you know essentially, at least measurably, almost just as deep as Alabama's, if Turnage thought that he was going to slide over and be a plug-and-play at Georgia... And he made a huge mistake in terms of how he read that situation. The fact of the matter is, he's not really all that distinguishable from the guys that Georgia already has. And I don't say that to disparage him, because Mm -hmm. I'd like for Turnage, as a fan of this team, I'd like for Turnage to be here. But there has got to be some measure of personal responsibility to kind of know what you're getting into. I, I, I don't think that that, that Turnage was ha- had a clear path towards starting, even if Darian Kendrick wasn't coming mm-hmm. to the school, which obviously now he is. Yeah.
2: You know, what's the difference between Keeley Ringo and Brandon Turnage? What's the difference between Jalen Kimber and Brandon Turnage?
0: I would say very little. I mean, in, in the case of, of – of I mean, Jalen Kimber is actually the more interesting comparison because class of 2019, class of 2020, they're almost the same prospect. Yeah. You know, top 10 defensive back, top 100 recruit, they are very, very – very similar to the same prospect. Yeah,
2: and so you wonder right, why ruffle the feathers of, say, a Kimber or a Ringo and bring in a guy like Turnage when you've already sort of got something similar there where you've got young guys that are exciting prospects that have high upsides. You just need to get them that experience. Turnage didn't have that experience at Alabama, which is why I think of the transfers that Georgia has brought in, that is the most interesting. And even you look at a guy like Evans, the Tulsa defensive back, one, he had 23 career starts in his time at Tulsa. And while – It's not a Power 5 level of experience, which Kirby Smart clearly values. Playing in the AAC, there are certainly worse conferences you can play in, and... Do you know the last non-Power 5 transfer? And Jay Hayes doesn't count because Notre Dame is essentially a Power 5. Right. Do you know the last non-Power 5 transfer that Georgia brought in? I'm assuming it might have been J.R. Reed, also in Tulsa who became an AP All-American. It was a Tulsa defensive back named J.R. Reed. So, again, Georgia's secondary is far from done here. I I think the Evans offer is very interesting in the wake of the turnage news and how that is all going to shake out.
0: Yeah, and and listen, I think you're going to – and we'll wrap up with this – I think you're going to whether Evans ultimately ends up coming to Georgia or not, I think you're going to see more of this in the transfer portal where at the American Athletic Conference level, there're a lot of really good offense in the yep. American in addition to just being kind of a, you know, pretty good league it's almost like we talk about power five group of five the american athletic conference i would say is almost like its own separate thing better than most of the rest of the group of five and obviously just not you know quite to the same level of the power five but you're going to see these guys that play well at, at a tulsa level that earn their way on to a to a bigger team than that the evan story whether he ends up at georgia or somewhere some programs similar to Georgia. This is a lot of what the transfer portal is going to be. A couple of guys who really distinguish themselves at kind of a group of five level who have a chance to to move on to something bigger because of the way they play at a place like Tulsa.
2: Yeah, and again, you look at Evans's top five teams. Yeah, at Jackson State is thrown in there, but you also have a Texas, a Missouri, and a Notre Dame. This is clearly a guy that has high power interest and a guy that I, I think a lot of schools think can come in and play at a high level next year. So it's going to be fascinating to watch how this turn in situation ends up shaking out but it, i think it just goes to show you that nothing is really set in stone when it comes to this new transfer portal especially if turnage himself never pulled his name out of the transfer portal where it has been speculated that's been the case because then that allows him to essentially stay in there and remain in contact with other schools
0: Yeah, that's really good connor uh, appreciate you being here i know you got some great stuff coming up at uh, dognation.com in the uh, days ahead and we'll of course look forward to talking about it here very yep, soon as
2: well as always it was a pleasure yeah Take
0: a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Yeah, so, well, good stuff there. A lot going on. And, you know, I mean, I think for some people it kind of creates a little bit of angst because, you know, you've got a lot of uncertainty, right? It's like, you know, a guy like Turnage coming to Georgia and maybe he's not, maybe he still is, maybe he's, you know, maybe whatever. You know, I, I think it's important not to, I guess, make more of some of this kind of stuff than it is. and You know, um, guys are trying to figure all their stuff out. You know, I think the one thing, and this is, not a good thing or a bad thing this just is a thing thing like the one thing that george is not going to do is be held hostage by any player you know the idea of well i'm mad and so therefore i'm you know going to do whatever else i mean george is going to george is going to handle its business and make sure it's got a full roster and, and obviously it's going to you know create some opportunities for people but if someone's not sure they want to take advantage of that george's not going to wait very long and looking to fill that spot with somebody else and that's like i said it's not good it's not bad it's just true so, uh, keep all of that in mind. Uh, real quickly here, let me also say hello to our friends at Harris Cherokee Casino Resort. You know, great time this summer to get away, and there's no closer getaway, no better, you know, great close getaway than what Harris provides, both at the original Harris Cherokee Casino Resort and the Harris Cherokee Valley River, both two hour drive from Atlanta. You got casino gaming floor, you got luxury spa, world class dining, tremendous shopping opportunities. The book is now open, sports gaming available in the mountains of western North Carolina, so it's all really fun and a great getaway. And it's two locations, the original and Harris-Cherokee Valley River there as well. Check out this website, caesars.com slash Harris-Cherokee. You can find out a lot more. Caesars.com slash Harris-Cherokee. All right, let's talk some recruiting here around the rest of the SEC for a moment because... A running back out of the state of louisiana levy on moss has made his commitment to alabama uh he's out of baton rouge uh, uh he goes to a high school there i believe that's how you say that putting out on twitter that he's leaving baton rouge to go to alabama it's kind of interesting the alabama edit here the graphic that was made for him upon committing to alabama kind of shows that baton rouge louisiana hometown so there's no doubt that this is the kind of thing that lsu fans have noticed they've uh, there's been some message board chatter about that but also the kind of thing that alabama is liking to tout there as well because for all the ways you want to measure the kind of unprecedented success that alabama has enjoyed I think one of the things that signifies that is the fact that they are the one school that fairly consistently goes into Louisiana and wins with big-time players. They, they find a way to go into Louisiana, win their share here. Moss may the, be the latest example of that. This is a pretty highly rated running back recruit. This is a top 100 recruit nationally, uh, like top, what, six number six running back in the country there as well, out of the state of Louisiana. Obviously, a little bit of a blow for an Ed Orgeron team a couple of years ago upon winning the SEC, winning in Tuscaloosa winning the national championship talked about how they were going to take it to alabama and recruiting it is fair to point out that thus far that has not occurred that alabama's recruiting has gotten stronger since having lost to lsu back in 2019 and uh, lsu in terms of holding on to the momentum or building on the momentum that was created by that game they have not necessarily been able to do that by the way speaking of um running backs leaving alabama to to uh i should say running backs on the alabama program you've also got an example of a running back leaving the crimson tide moving on to the texas longhorns let me show you this on twitter the uh the burnt orange of keelan robinson now as robinson leaves the alabama program moves on to texas this is interesting obviously because as steve sarkeesian tries to build his program up in austin going to get players that he's familiar with from the alabama program obviously makes some sense robinson a former uh pretty big time recruit there as well but it also kind of anytime you have a running back like this leaving one program to go to another i think you're always left to kind of wonder what this means about the running back position at the school where he's leaving at alabama and obviously that's a pretty big question for the crimson tide going into the season because nashi harris who had a very big gear for the crimson tide a year ago is no longer there and it seems like it's finally brian robinson's turn robinson pretty big recruit from gosh how many cycles has that been ago now was he a 2018 Sunny. um he's been around for a while it seems like uh he's out of tuscaloosa former big time recruit finally getting his chance to do something there in the alabama program you got jason mcclellan who's kind of around there there as well i guess some things may be expected from him who knows maybe we hear from trey sanders uh this year too but if robinson is leaving alabama the assumption you probably make is well he must feel like there's enough in place in tuscaloosa that it threatens his chance for playing time and so how good will the alabama running back situation be post Najee Harris a transfer out sometimes makes you believe maybe that situation is looking a little deeper there than some might think so that's probably worth as you make that comparison right now Georgia and Alabama aren't scheduled to play but they could meet in the SEC championship as you make that comparison between the two teams you know what's going on for Alabama running backs going to be a part of that so Robinson out uh, uh at least this Robinson out more uh more opportunities for uh running backs coming in And finally, getting their chance to step up post Najee Harris. There, one more thing. So, uh, Sam Pittman. We talked about the day Brad Davis, his offensive line coach, leaves. It gets a big salary bump to move on to LSU. And it looks like, as a response to that, Pittman's kind of reshuffling his staff a little bit. Instead of hiring an offensive line coach from out of the program, we'd kind of wondered if Randy Clements might be moving into that role after Clements had uh, lost his job at Ole Miss because of what I think. Ends up being a little bit of a, you know, kind of a personality conflict, a squabble with Lane Kiffin. Well, it's not Clements going to get this job. Looks like uh, Pittman's going to move his tight ends coach over to offensive line, and now look to replace an assistant coach at that spot instead of hiring a new offensive line coach. I'll just say this really briefly as Arkansas kind of shuffles its staff around here. I do think Arkansas is one of the more interesting teams in the SEC West this year. Now, I'm not probably as high on Arkansas right now as I was a year ago. You may remember around this time, I was really touting Arkansas for you know their Vegas number, their season win total over under was like three and a half, four. You know, I was really touting them to be over that number. As it turned out, they sailed over that number even with a shorter schedule. So that's when we kind of got right. I'm not probably quite as high on them for this year as I was a year ago. But I still think because of all the experienced starters they bring back, because for the most part they've held on to their coaching staff, obviously minus Davis here who's leaving for LSU, this is still a pretty tough out in the SEC West. And I think the thing you're kind of left to wonder is, it's like the line from Rounders, if you can't spot the sucker at the table, then you might be the sucker. And I'm sort of paraphrasing that line just a little bit. You know, if you can't spot the easy win in the SEC West, then it may be that your team is the easy win, because there's a lot of folks who a lot of fans, especially who really seem to believe in Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. You know, Lane, Ole is Vegas total right now is like seven and a half. That's not a small win total for a program like that. But if they're going to be that good, they almost need Arkansas not to be very good. You know, a lot of the analytics people and the gambling people seem to like Mississippi State a little bit. Y'all know I'm not a believer in Mike Leach, but there's this common thought out there that Leach has a big opportunity for like a second year bump, better year over year than he was in his debut campaign campaign last season that obviously is a lot more difficult to be true if arkansas is a viable foe viable threat with kind of an experienced roster so in an sec west it's already already really deep the question becomes how good is your worst team because if your worst team is like a 500 level type team then that obviously makes it much harder for the teams that are supposed to be above that in the packing order there as well. And all of a sudden, these teams that are vying to have these pretty-looking records and satisfy their fans and head towards a nice postseason de- destination, in the SEC West right now, it's just not easy to guarantee those things because – you know, I just gave you the three bottom feeders in the SEC West, and you, I mentioned first-year coach Auburn uh, with Brian Harson there as well. Finding that easy win in the SEC West, at least for some, in the eyes of some, may not be all that easy to do right now. We'll make that your SEC through. And as we get ready to wrap up on today's show... Let's do a, uh, a a golden shoe. Of course, we do our Gator hater roll call here today, and this one not quite so, I guess, Gator centric. But listen, as I said before, we really love those who help take care of our sponsors and show some love to them. Those who that have sh- shown a lot of love to us, and so <laughs> I am very susceptible to pandering when it comes to golden shoes and things like that. So let me show you the golden shoe winner today. Michael Gill writing this on Twitter. He says, "Hey, Dog Nation Daily, I'm taking your word for it on my day off." And I'm going to share some progress, a progress report later on, enjoying himself some finished long drink cranberry style. You love to see that. He gives you a hashtag dog nation, a go dogs, a finished long drink, and a golden shoe. So yes, Michael, for your support of one of our sponsors, our friends at the finished long drink, we will make you the golden shoe winner for today. And for our gator hater countdown, how about 140, is it 144 days from right now? Yeah. 144 days from right now, Georgia goes back to Jacksville, gets a winner of those lousy stinking gators. Can't wait to see that happen. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily, presented by ESOG. We'll talk to you then, everybody. And on the podcast, time now for our RS Andrews podcast cooldown. Of course, find them online at rsandrews.com. You can get that mega tune up for your air conditioning unit. I've, I've told you about this before. It'll get your system back to factory fresh specs. The great news is it only costs $99. So make sure you check that out today. Let me also say this I think I briefly alluded to this during the show today that we do have vacation shows coming up next week. So. We're going to have some great pre-recorded episodes of the program. It's going to be really fun. They won't be live, but they're still going to be hopefully very entertaining and informative about Georgia football. The reason I bring that to you right now is go ahead today if you can. And doesn't have to be on any kind of topic or anything like that. Hit me up on Twitter or in one of our comment sections at dognation.com. And just give me some comments because I want to try to read some comments during our vacation shows. But obviously, I won't be here to kind of interact with those on a day today basis. So I need to kind of bank a few to share some of those during this portion of the show next week. So if you can listen to this and just shout off, you know, spout off something about Georgia football, hit me up on Twitter with it at dog nation daily, or when I post this show or any of the upcoming shows there at dog nation.com, I, I guess it needs to be this show because I'm going to be pre-recording the rest of these tomorrow. So do that then and uh, we will uh, try to get all that taken care of. So uh, we will see you um, here later on this week for all that. But hit me up at Dog Nation Daily, and we will then take care of all of that. All right. Thank you very much. Let me hit get a few Twitter comments here related to the Bear Alexander news from yesterday decommitting. A lot of folks are very passionate in their feeling about this. Bobby Riles weighs in to say that he thinks that Bear Alexander will be back, and he very well might be. Uh, Robert Bray says he should enjoy this recruiting segment of his life. It only happens once. He should take his visits, decide where he feels he'd be the best choice, and then eventually he'll be welcomed back into the dog family. I think that's probably very true. Um, uh, Adam Jennings, the uh, former Georgia offensive lineman, also sent a very interesting tweet to say, I'm just curious about how many fans here that are blasting this kid saying he doesn't know what the word commitment means have been divorced. He says, eye-opening moment for some of y'all, isn't it? And, you know... I do think to a degree that's true that we get a little too upset by we. I don't mean me. I just mean, you know, college football fans in general about this kind of thing from time to time when a player decides that he wants to open back up his recruitment, things like that. Here's the thing that we need to understand about the idea of being committed. As I said before, you know, there is no like official NCAA designation for a commitment. There's a a designation for a signee. There's a piece of paper in hand there's a designation for entering the transfer portal. We know who is and isn't in the transfer portal. There are official designations that get made from time to time. But the idea of being a commit is just something that got invented. It just got made up. It's not um, it's not a real thing. And when someone like Alexander announced a commitment to Georgia, this is not him using a word that he's decided to use. This is him trying to fit into a recruiting framework that's existed for years and years. And so if you want to say, well, in the world of recruiting, the word commitment doesn't mean what it used to mean. I'm not trying to be like moral relativism guy here. I'm just being honest. There are a lot of words whose definition changes over time. So, yeah, the the definition of the word commitment when it comes to high school football recruiting has changed. But in terms of the way that we use words, especially around sports, Word meanings change all the time here. So, you know, the idea that Alexander hasn't fulfilled some sort of obligation to Georgia, technically speaking, he doesn't have an obligation yet. And this is where I do think it's really important to have some intellectual consistency. I'm not saying y'all, I'm saying me. You hear me a lot of times on this show kind of argue for a little bit of a return to traditionalism when it comes to college football, right? You know, the transfer portal and the name image lightning stuff and all that kind of stuff that somewhat well, I would describe as somewhat radical elements are trying to push on the sport. I think threaten the the stability of the sport. I think it goes against the tradition. College football has existed and thrived for 150 years. The traditions that have enabled that to happen, I would believe are valuable. So if you want to kind of argue that on the one side, then you've got to give some room for freedom somewhere else. In other words if I would be against sort of Wild West, everybody transfer as much as you want to, if that's a freedom I'm looking to restrict, where where is it that I'm looking to allow some freedom to take place? Because you can't have it both ways on both sides of that. At least I don't believe you can. And so this is the place where I want players to exercise their full power, their full freedom. Go through your process. Take your visits. Listen to all the pitches you're getting from all the various schools. And as I said during the regular show today, be skeptical about what you're hearing. Examine it closely. Find out who's telling the truth and who's not, who's saying just what you want to hear and who's saying you know, something else that might actually be a little bit more valuable than that. This is the place where I want players to, to exercise their f- full freedom. If I had a son who was doing this, my advice to him would be not to commit anywhere until it was time to make your decision and then make sure you've made the very best decision and by, by the way at that point in time I'm looking to hold you to the decision that you've made I'm looking to say okay now you have truly made a commitment you've signed a piece of paper now I'm looking to have you lean into your responsibility more so than you know the opposite of that but at this point in time you know taking visits thinking you might like this school taking some time to say well actually maybe I like this other school over here for a moment This is the time in which the players ought to be free to explore all of that, whether it's having the fun of taking the visits or using the visits themselves as a research data point to make sure you make the best decision. This is where I am all for maximum freedom, total leniency with guys who want to go public and then change their mind later on and then do something different. That's also partly because I like recruiting drama. I think it's kind of a fun soap opera to follow. But also because that's the fair trade-off, I believe, of do your research, make a good decision. And then if I had my way and and if I had the power to do so, once the players have made that decision, then I would probably go a little farther in holding them to that decision than the current rules of the sport seem willing to do. But But on the front end of all that, I'm for maximum leniency, maximum freedom, maximum choice, and I'm not going to get hung up on meanings of words and what commitment even means anymore. The notion of a silent commitment, which has always been kind of a made-up term, I'm not going to make too big of a deal about that either. All of these guys are open recruits going through a process, and some of them are more willing to shut it down than others. But those who are not willing to shut down their recruitment, I really can't fault them for doing that, even if it's a guy like Alexander, who I really hope ends up at Georgia. And I certainly don't like the idea that he, at least on the basis of what happened yesterday, seems to have moved a little farther away from Georgia. While I don't like it, I certainly can't say that he was wrong for doing that. And I'm glad to have uh, you know, a former Georgia letterman weighing in on that topic here today. A lot of folks are kind of saying the same kind of stuff there as well. I even got uh, Cal on Twitter saying that um, what's happened to college athletics here is embarrassing. And there are a lot of things with the current direction of college athletics that I don't like. And there are a lot of things with the current direction of the not just football but the you know college athletic landscape overall that I do think threaten the the success and the health of these sports overall. I don't really think the recruiting process is one of those things though. So for as much as I may complain about you know, a lot of stuff that exists out there. I still think the recruiting process is just fine. Now, it's going to seem a little crazier this year because, you know, the schools themselves do have the opportunity to to sway kids in a way that, that a year ago they just didn't quite have the same ability to do. I think that's probably true. But ultimately, this is not going to be a new normal for recruiting. It's actually going to be a little bit more, I would say, resembling of the old normal of the way that Listen, we've had we've had, you know, crazy recruiting battles in the SEC forever, programs throwing elbows against each other when it comes to these battles for a long time. And I actually don't think this particular situation or any of the other 2022 decisions, in much the same way that Georgia's trying to flip guys from certain schools, other schools maybe trying to flip Georgia's guys or guys you think of as a lean to one school. You know, teams are trying to change their mind on that. This is just kind of the way this goes and the players in this particular aspect, you know, they do hold the power because they're the ones who get to make the decision. I'd say appreciate the power that you have and use that power wisely to make sure you make a good choice for yourself and for your family. So with that said, we'll kind of wrap up our RS Andrews podcast cool down here today. Appreciate you being with us. Check out RS Andrews online at rsandrews.com for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric needs. They'll take good care of you. Uh, Let them do that. The They'll show up on time. They'll do the work that's promised, the price that's promised. Find them online today at rsandrews.com, and they'll do that for you. We will see you back here tomorrow for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. We're still live the rest of this week. Have no fear about that, or at least recorded live, if you you know what I mean. Uh, Either way, I'll see you back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.